High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. As many of you know, we have been teaching just a series on Wednesday night called Foundations. And um, the reality is this, if you don't have a strong foundation, the house will not stand. And understand that if you as a believer, you don't have a strong foundation, then you're not going to stand whenever the winds blow and the rains come, your house will actually end up beginning to crumble. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, we see what the writer actually refers to, and actually even biblical theologians refer to as the six fundamental foundations of Christ. Uh, uh, so we're going to read that, Hebrews 6, just real quick, Hebrews 6, verse 1. And uh, it says this, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation. Again, so these are foundational principles, they are foundational doctrines, the six foundational doctrines of Christ, of repentance from dead works and in faith towards God. By the way, Pastor Joshua shared on that. It was on repentance. I shared on faith. If you didn't get to hear his teaching on repentance, it was absolutely awesome. And uh, then the doctrine of baptism, I shared on that already. The fourth one is of laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. So tonight I want to hit just on the doctrine of laying on of hands. Now for us as charismatic, Pentecostal, uh, prophetic, apostolic people, we are very familiar with laying on of hands. Now, the reality is, though, uh, I found that even uh, full gospel people, Pentecostal, charismatic uh, uh, folks, don't really understand the biblical foundation for laying on of hands. They don't really understand why we do it. Well, I saw them do it in church, and so, or the pastor asked me to lay hands on somebody, so I just go and do it. But we have to understand there is a reason that we lay hands upon people, and it's great to have an understanding of all the different ways that we see laying on of hands being used, and the principles that govern the laying on of hands to bring forth impartation, to bring forth confirmation, and also just as a point of agreement. You might want to just write that down. That's the, that's the three primary purposes of the laying on of hands. Number one is impartation. Number two is confirmation. And number three is as a point of agreement, a place and a point of agreement. So one is impartation, two is confirmation, and the third primary reason is actually the uh, as a point of contact for laying on uh, for agreement. And so we see that the laying on of hands, it is one of the six foundational doctrines of the church. It was common practice in the early church. And by the way, it should be common practice in the church today, right? You know, one of the reasons that I have you do, and whenever I, you may come up here and leave like we did tonight, and it's not uncommon for me to actually ask you to pray for folks and to lay your hands on. Why is that important? Because it's, it is something that is 
it, this is something that we can never lose sight of, nor uh, should we ever cease to practice. And so it, the moment that we cease to practice some of these principles is the moment that we begin to go into the religious traditions of men. And how many know, as for me and my house, we're not going to be those that are controlled by religious traditions of men. We're going to move by the life of the Spirit. And so it's important that we keep these truths activated within our life. And the greatest way that you can get a truth and keep a truth activated within your life is to continue to practice it. How many of you here are baptized in the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues? Can I wave your hand? How many of you pray in tongues daily? Okay, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should pray in tongues daily. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight and then start praying in the Spirit daily. As a matter of fact, understand this, the moment that you get, this is in this message tonight, but the moment that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is a heavenly language that is given to you. It is deposited on the inside of you. It is that which is birthed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is what we call tongues. And we see that in every instance where people were baptized in the Holy Ghost, it says that they spoke in other tongues. Uh, three of the five instances that we see in the New Testament, it specifically spells out that tongues were actually used. Uh, in other words, it was in manifestation at that moment in time. The other two, one had to do with Paul and uh, and uh, what we see with Paul, he later on, it doesn't say that he spoke in tongues, in, but later on he says that I speak in tongues more than you all. So when did Paul start speaking in tongues? He started speaking in tongues the moment he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the other place is uh, where... Um, where the, the sorcerer came and said, you know, I want to be able to buy this power. It doesn't say that they spoke in tongues, but he says, I want to buy this power whereby I can put my hands on somebody and they be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, obviously, the sorcerer saw something. He saw something in manifestation. And it is uh, very, because the other four instances, it's either said or inferred that tongues was, are, am I going to, is this too theological for you tonight? It, it, that that it, tongues were actually present uh, then it's easy to infer that what he saw in manifestations was a supernatural language. That was tongues. Now, I said all that to say this. That is a prayer language that you're given. As a matter of fact, Pastor Brahim and I, we were talking this afternoon or this morning at some point in time. And, of course, uh, there are folks that are within the congregation there that some of them have come out of a more classical Pentecostal background. Does anybody here come out of a classical Pentecostal background? I, that's how I was raised. And the way that we were taught is, you know, you, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues at that moment, but you, you can't speak in tongues again until... Woo, how, you know, the, the lightning bolt hits you. And then, all, you know what I'm saying, you get the unction to function. And uh, how many of you know that, see, and again, that's, that was the level of revelation and understanding that we operated in. And uh, I remember when I got baptized, and I'm, boy, I'm straying. I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit whenever I was about 11 years old. And the reason I say I'm straying is because I'm going in a total different direction. But anyway. I got baptized. Somebody needs to hear it tonight, so that's the reason I'm saying it. Um, so whenever I was 11 years old and I spoke in tongues that whenever I got filled and I couldn't even speak in English. The next morning I woke up and there's still, you know, when I would try to talk, just tongues would come out. I didn't know exactly how to steward that gift properly. So, you know, in about 24 hours and it was gone. 
And I did not speak in tongues again until I was 16 years old. For five years, I did not speak in tongues. And it wasn't because a gift wasn't present. It's just because a gift had to be reactivated. And because I didn't understand, I didn't have any teaching on it. So understand this. Whenever you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are given a prayer language. Look at somebody say, you're given a prayer language. That means that you can pray in the Spirit at will. That's the reason Paul said this, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. Notice the word will. In other words, you will to pray in the Spirit, and you will to pray in English, right? It's a, it is a supernatural language that you have been given. Jesus said that out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. You know, one of the things, I, I like to think of it this way, you know, your, see, your will is like the, it's kind of like the, uh, it's the water spigot, so to speak. It's the valve, okay? So the water is always there. The supply is always there. And the only thing you have to do is just turn the spigot on. So understand this, tongues is always there. If I asked Pastor Andy right now, I said, come on up here, Andy. And I, I said, start praying in the spirit. You know what? He just turns on the spigot and it begin to flow out of him like a river of living water. If I asked Paul to come up here, he'd do the same thing. Ask Steve to come up here, he'd do a, why? It, you're not making anything up it's impossible for you to make that up, right? It's just there's something that's there. It's on the inside of you. And I will tell you, the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the quicker and the easier it is to tap into it. It's just always there. You know, it's kind of like bubbling up all the time. Have you ever been in a situation, you know, stress? You tell what somebody's really full of whenever they get in a stressful situation. What comes out of your mouth at that moment in time? And I will tell you, if you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're full of the Holy Ghost, right? Unfortunately, there's way too many Christians that are not praying in the Holy Ghost in times of stress. And I tell you, whenever you're in a time of stress, that's whenever you need to go You gotta stir yourself up. Whenever doubt comes and crowds your mind, that's when you go to I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. You get out of here in Jesus' name. You gotta stir yourself up. And I'll tell you, you've been given a weapon. You've been given a power that's living, that's resident on the inside of you. If Christians, and I'm talking specifically of spirit-filled believers, if we would just use what God has actually placed on the inside of us, we would turn the world upside down. Amen? we turn the world around if we would just use what God's placed on the inside of us. Listen, we don't, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We war against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in uh, the heavenly realms. You can't fight a spiritual battle with earthly means. You can't fight a spiritual battle in a carnal way. You will, you will fail every time. Listen, believers, we are equipped to fight in the spirit. That's where we have power, amen? Now, thank God for the military. I don't want anybody to, anytime you take something to an extreme, it'll always become error. And so thank God, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for our military. I'm, and I'm thankful for, are you thankful? I'm thankful for our nation, right, right? And unfortunately, there's some bad people and mean people in the world, and there's times that you gotta, you know, you'll have to use force to defend yourself. And um, I believe there's a lot of Bible that you could use to actually back that up. But understand this, and thank God for what's. What are we flying now? The the 
F-35s, is that what, is that what, uh, is that what I'm hearing all the time out at Tyndall? I love it. It's the sound of freedom. Glory to God. Amen. But thank God for the F-35s. They're loud, but they're nice, you know. And, uh, but anyway, what else are they flying out there? Gil, what, are they flying anything else out there? Okay. Uh, okay. Are there any 35s out there? Did they fly? Oh, okay, okay. All right, I want to make sure. I don't want to give wrong information. Okay. But this, this is the reality. Thank God for all of that. Amen. But what I'm saying is this. Many times we as believers, we're trying to fight in the flesh things that we see whenever we actually need to get to our knees and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and begin to war with the, with the equipment that we are equipped with that, that is greater than the things in the natural world. Amen? Anyway, that's, just, that's free. Laying on of hands real quick. I know what time it is. Jesus said this, These signs, Mark 16, 70, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly things, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick. Notice Jesus didn't say they might. They might lay hands on the sick and they might recover. He didn't even say this. They will lay hands on the sick and they might recover. He said they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now what's very interesting when you read this, it says these signs will follow those who, who do what? No, this, is not a, this is not a trick question. These signs will follow those who believe. How many of you are believers here? You're a believer. Look at somebody and say, I'm a believer. Look at somebody else and say, you're a believer. And tell them this, we lay hands on people. I've said this for a, a long time. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden they begin to tell you all of their ailments and all of their problems? You ever been in a conversation with somebody? You know, and I finally got to the point to where if somebody was going to be bold enough to tell me about all their ailments and all their doctor's appointments and everything else they're going through, I'm going to be bold enough to tell them about my healer and then lay hands upon them and believe God for healing in their body. Amen. So I did an activation, and I don't know how many of you were here. We did this activation one time. I said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to hear somebody say, start talking to you about their, their, about their ailments and their, you know, lumbago, Winnebago, and everything else, bago that's not right, and this is what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. So in Jesus, can you just do that? You don't have to, you obviously don't have to stand up, but say, in Jesus' name. We need to be ready to lay hands on people at any time, at any moment, and at any place. I've laid hands on people. I remember us checking out one time, and this young lady that was checking us out started telling us about the issues that she was going through. And I didn't say, well, honey, we'll pray for you. No, I said, I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. This is what it says. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover, right? And I believe that whenever we pray, and I, I really 
I really believe that if we will begin to take what we have, that what we experience on Sunday mornings and what we experience on Wednesday nights and what we see God do within our lives in the house of the Lord, if we'll begin to take it to Walmart, begin to take it to where we were. Begin, now, obviously, use wisdom, okay? Uh, I'm, don't start a prophetic line there in Walmart or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, you, you take what God has anointed you with, what he's equipped you with, and when there's an opportunity, you know what you're going to do? You're going to step right through the door. Here's the door of opportunity. You know what the door of opportunity is? You know, I've been sick and my head's been hurt and I don't feel good. That's your, that's your invitation at that moment in time. When somebody tells you that, that's them saying, would you lay hands upon me and pray for me that Jesus would heal me? That's your invitation, right? And listen, you don't have to, you don't have to be called to ministry to do this. If you're a believer... Right? These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out death. In my name, okay, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So Jesus taught and practiced laying on of hands. Jesus was our greatest example. Paul taught and practiced laying on of hands. Believers practiced laying on of hands throughout the book of Acts. We see it even with Ananias and Paul. When Paul was blinded, he was taken uh, to a house and he was there and then the Lord spoke to Ananias and he said Ananias Ananias was not an apostle wasn't a pastor wasn't a prophet wasn't a teacher wasn't an evangelist no indication of Ananias being a five-fold ministry gift the Holy Spirit spoke to Ananias and he said you go pray for Paul at that time it was Saul and I'm gonna heal him and Ananias went and obeyed and we see that actually uh, uh, over in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, that's where Saul, Paul was, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you come, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Again, God performed a miracle through a through an everyday believer named Ananias all because he just obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit and he did what God told him to do and God brought forth a miracle through Ananias. Aren't you thankful and aren't you grateful for that? So there, there, there's some biblical purposes for the laying on of hands. The number one one is to release healing and the gifts of the Spirit. There's so much that we could teach on just in that uh, area by itself. But the first purpose for the laying on of hands is for the purpose of healing and the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We see Paul laying hands on Publius in Acts 28, verse 8. And uh, as he laid hands upon him, he was healed. And again, throughout the Word of God, we see Jesus laying hands on people, and they were healed. We see him healing leprosy by reaching out and touching people who actually had leprosy. So the first biblical purpose for the laying on of hands is for the release and the impartation of healing uh, into the lives of individuals. The second purpose is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John at Samaria in Acts chapter 8, verse 17, it says, Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. 
And then in chapter 19, verse 6, it says, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So two specific instances of the five that are mentioned in the New Testament when they received, and even actually uh, three of them, because Ananias laid hands upon uh, Paul, and he received the Holy Spirit whenever Ananias laid hands upon him. But three of the instances we see specifically where they laid hands upon people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can remember whenever I was filled with the Holy Spirit, whenever I was 11, I mean, I had hands coming from all over the place. People were, you know, and I've given you the story. I don't have time to go into it. I had people, one particular lady, she was high karate chopping me right in the throat, telling me to speak it out. I guess they call that laying on of hands, but her hands were on me, you know, right here in the throat. But they were praying for me, laying hands upon me. How many of you, whenever you received the Holy Spirit, somebody laid their hands upon you to receive? Did you see some people have received, and we're not limiting the the infilling of the Holy Spirit to being received only through the laying on of hands because you can receive it. And I've heard stories of people actually receiving the Holy Spirit with nobody touching them whatsoever. Well, we've heard we've had people who just came to service and in the middle of worship, God filled them with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And so, uh, and again, we've had people, I remember I gave the story of Ashley Harris, uh, Reed Harris's uh, wife back then, and she, she wasn't married to him. She was a Nazarene girl, didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I gave an invitation for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and she didn't believe it was real. Think about that. This is really kind of blows my theology just a little bit. But anyway, uh, she didn't even believe it was real. Didn't believe in, in, in speaking in tongues whatsoever. And came down, I, she was, uh, 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 we were in the other building, but I remember she was sitting on this side. She came down and uh, I went to lay my hands upon her. I never even touched her. Gil, you were there. Mom and daddy were there. There are people that were in this, they're in this building that saw this happen. And literally the power of God hit her, knocked her back about 10 foot. She fell on the floor, started speaking in tongues immediately. Nobody ever touched. God touched her though, praise God. Amen. And, uh, but anyway, we see here biblically one of the reasons that we lay hands on people is for the infilling of the Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another reason, I'm going through these very quickly, is for the impartation of wisdom and grace. Uh, Moses laid his hands upon Joshua. And this is what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So there was an impartation of wisdom, an impartation of grace, because Moses laid his hands upon him. And the Bible says, so the children of Israel heeded him, talking about heeded uh, Joshua and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So there's this impartation that comes forth, an impartation of wisdom through the laying on of hands. We also lay hands on people for the purpose of prophetic ministry. First uh, Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So we see that in the church, the early church, whenever they would prophesy to people, particularly those in leadership, they would lay hands upon them. Most prophetic words that I have personally received uh, involve somebody laying hands upon me. Now understand, 
You don't have to lay hands on somebody to prophesy to them. However, it is a biblical principle, and it is one of the reasons that we lay hands upon people, and that is in order to prophesy to them. There is impartation that comes forth whenever we lay hands upon people. And I'll say this, uh, I don't like just anybody laying hands upon me. Now, understand what I mean by I would have no problem with anybody here in this church body. But I'm talking about even people, uh, I, I really don't want, to, I believe the Holy Spirit will protect you, and I don't want everybody to get like uh, weird and feel like anybody touches me that may be a little bit off. Oh, I'm going to get like spiritual cooties or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. But you know what? You can't open up your spirit to everybody. Okay, you got to make sure that they're sound and you got to make sure that they're on target and you don't want to be picking up stuff that you don't need. And I'll tell you, if you hang around the wrong people long enough, those same attitudes and dispositions will begin to come over on you. And you, you need to be hanging around the right people. If you hang around hateful people, you'll get hateful. I'm just telling you, you will. You listen to hateful people long enough, the same language will start coming out of you, and that same will begin, that same will begin to be generated out of you. And so, you, you know, you've got, you got to be around the right people, listening to the right voices, or else, you know, those things, are, there, there is impartation of things that begin to come forth within your life. And so, you know, whoever you're going to listen to, you need to make sure, whatever they say, listen, you should never believe something. I, I'll say this, I'm not going to say anything to you that would deliberately lead you astray, lead you the wrong way. I've got more fear of God in me than to do anything like that. And I'm not going to say anything for my own to, to try to manipulate, but I, I, but I will say this, don't believe something just because I say it. It needs to be checked out against the Word of God, amen? And I'm talking about the whole counsel of the Word, not just your favorite scripture, okay? So anyway... So we lay hands on people for prophetic ministry. We're coming to an end. Second, the next thing is this, confirmation and ordination of gifting and call. Whenever we ordain people, we lay hands upon them. Okay, so there is a confirmation of the spirit that is coming forth. There's a confirmation of man, but it's also a confirmation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so Paul said this, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul was telling Timothy, there was a gift that you received whenever I laid my hands upon you. Okay, there was, but you've got to stir that up. There was a confirmation, there was an ordination that, that came forth. Okay, uh, commissioning and sending is the next reason that we lay hands upon people. Moses commissioned Joshua by laying hands upon him. Barnabas and Paul, they were sent out. After they prayed and they fasted, it says that they laid hands upon them and sent them. And so, have you ever heard this phrase, some are called, some are sent, and some just went? You know, you don't need to be just somebody that stays in just the called category, nor do you need to be somebody that just went. You need to be sent. And I'll tell you, whenever people are sent, there's usually there's a laying on of hands where you are affirming what God is doing within their life and what God has called them to do and be in agreement with what the Lord is speaking, amen? It's a kingdom principle. The last thing is that laying on of hands is a point of contact for agreement. Matthew 18, 19 says, if two of you agree as touching anything that they shall ask. You know, it's one of the things that happens whenever people come, they say, I need prayer for this. We'll lay hands upon them and say, we're gonna agree with you in prayer. See, for if, if two of you agree as touching, everybody say touching. Two of you agree as 
touching anything. There's just something about touching. Uh, now, I, I, I did a, a, a teaching a long time ago about the, uh, the touch of God. And, you know, it's actually been proven scientifically that human beings must have touch. You were not created to be by yourself and never experience the touch of another human being. As a matter of fact, we were created where we need touch. They did experiments with babies in orphanages. And with some of them, they actually would hold them daily and feed them. The other ones, they wouldn't touch them. And the mortality rate was extremely high with the babies that they did not touch. And it's a terrible experiment in one sense. But at the same time, what it did is it brought to light the need for humans to have touch. I don't know about you, but I like to have touch. Okay? Nothing wrong with saying that. I love it whenever my wife touches me. I love it when she hugs me. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I like it whenever she gets close to me. I was just sitting in the recliner today. And I got to close. I got to bring this to an end. But I was sitting in the recliner today, and, uh, and she had been uh, in, in the bedroom. She's kind of resting a little bit. And, uh, and she came in there, and I had the recliner up. This was right before we got ready. And next thing you know, she came in, you know, got in the recliner with me. And I said, mmm, I like that. <laughs> I'm just being transparent. Yeah, I like that. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that. Because you like the feel when you, when you love somebody whenever they get close to you. And there's, there's, there's actually, God created you for that. Okay? He created us that way. It's nothing to, and there's something about it when somebody touches you, there's some kind of affirmation. There's an affirmation that comes in your life. When somebody comes and pats you on the back and just says, good job. You know, there's something about human touch. It releases endorphins actually within your body that makes you feel good. And actually, not only makes you feel good, it actually causes health to spring forth in your physical body. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.